Like, I'm trying not to freak out right now. Welcome to OCD Danny, a podcast for all of my fabulous 40 and over ladies who are just trying to get in where we fit in and making sure nobody is fucking up our zen. We are here with a topic that probably gives you just as much anxiety as it gives me 40s and anxiety disorder. Whew, the panic attacks. So what is anxiety? Well, it is defined as constant worrying, nervousness, and or tension. But today, we aren't talking about just normal anxiety. I guess I should start off by saying that anxiety is very normal and a healthy response to stressful things that are happening in your life. It is absolutely okay to feel flustered when change is occurring. Um, In last week's podcast, we discussed change, particularly in new unfamiliar situations like uh, a new job, a big move, basically your average life events. Uh, We also talked about ways to handle that change. And this week, I think it's going to be a little bit different because what if you just can't? Not because you don't want to, but you physically can't. You can't deal, can't function, can't handle what's being thrown your way. When there are symptoms of anxiety that become chronic and know things that it becomes larger than what's actually triggering it and it starts to interfere with your normal routine uh, you being able to relax and this is happening consistently this could be a sign that it's more than just you know regular bouts of anxiety and that it's actually anxiety disorder so I didn't realize that I had anxiety until I was well into my 30s and when I started doing research on it it wasn't even like I was diagnosed with anxiety in my 30s a nurse just happened to mention it because she saw that I was coming into the ER on a regular basis and basically they would run a bunch of tests and there would be nothing so you know just In passing, she asked me, hey, so do you suffer from anxiety? Have you ever been diagnosed with anxiety? And I'm thinking like, no, because obviously anxiety has, there's a stigma. Um, And I never really gave it much thought. Like what I was experiencing felt so real that it it couldn't just be all in my mind. So anyway, like I mentioned earlier, life events can trigger anxiety um new job big move a new baby a breakup a death i mean there are tons of things that can trigger anxiety but i think what matters the most is how our bodies and our brains respond to it and unfortunately you don't get to decide how that happens you're kind of on like an autopilot one minute you're going about your business And the next you're in this shutdown mode. And it's unfortunate because anxiety has a way of just chipping away 
at what you perceive as your strength. And it's like, just when you feel like you've kicked anxiety's ass, gotten it in a chokehold, it's on the ground, about to tap out, it gets a second wind and suplexes you. Okay, so on a serious note, chronic anxiety typically will have a co-occurring disorder. So OCD, PTSD, or it can have a co-occurring illness. More specifically, in my instance, hyperthyroidism. Uh, anxiety can start presenting in a few different ways, and I think uh, this is basically what happened to me. Uh, it can begin as just like that persi persistent kind of nagging, uh, feeling tense, on edge, thinking about a particular stressful thing for longer periods of time when it's not necessary or warranted. Um, or it can be a physical and a psychological response like a panic attack. And I think that I've mentioned this a few times in prior episodes, but I have had my fair share of anxiety attacks. Um, what I typically get is called a nocturnal panic attack. And most of my panic attacks happen at night when I'm asleep, which is probably one of the most scary things um, to feel like you're dying is one thing to feel like you're dying in your sleep is a totally different thing um, in the middle of the night you're up at like two or three in the morning everyone's asleep in the house and you really think like this is it so I didn't really start to experience chronic anxiety until my late 30s like I mentioned and then on into my early 40s uh, is when it really started to get bad. Um, I didn't know what it was. And then I finally uh, found out that it was my Graves disease and my thyroid, which was affecting my anxiety. And in all honesty, I think that it's probably been my thyroid's probably been uh affecting my anxiety for a really long time. It's just that uh, at the point where I was diagnosed with Graves, I was kind of at my tipping point. But I had my very first panic attack at the age of 17. I was a senior in high school. And at that time, I had a lot on my plate. I was a working student, but I was also taking an EMT class uh, at a nearby fire department. Uh, just a little backstory, I went to a vocational high school where you actually learn a trade. I know that there are uh, quite a few of those now, but back then it wasn't as common. And so um, I enrolled in this vocational high school and I was on the medical tract uh, because I wanted to be a neonatal, neonatal nurse. And so the classes and the work, you know, were kind of par for the course. Um, but anyway, I had left my EMT class early because I had been feeling really bad all day. And when I finally got to class, I realized, hmm, this isn't getting better. So I think I'm going to cut out early and go ahead and go home. Now, at the time, I didn't have a vehicle, so I caught the bus. And I guess <laughs> I could describe the way that I felt. Um, it was kind of like I was coming down with the flu but I realize now after having this happen to me so many times 
that this is basically my body's way of telling me that I need to stop. I need to slow down. Uh, whatever I'm doing is wearing on my body and wearing on my mind. So as I'm walking up this hill to our apartment, like I feel horrible. Like I don't even know how I made it all the way home because my body felt so heavy like I was walking through mud. So I get home, both my parents are gone. I walk through the door and there are my younger siblings telling me that, you know, they're hungry, you know, they have all these different things, all these different problems. And I just had a full day. I'm not feeling well. I feel like crap. And so it's like, okay, now I have to worry about taking care of my siblings. But y'all, at this point, I walk through the door. I'm literally on the verge of passing out. Like at that moment, for the first time, I felt like I was at my breaking point. So that evening, I was taken to emergency. Uh, the doctor couldn't find anything wrong with me. But for those that suffer with anxiety and panic attacks, we already know that this is a common occurrence. You will have been in the emergency room for 15 hours. They will run every test on you twice and then come back and tell you that you're in perfect health. <laughs> and I'm always thinking like impossible. Like I was literally dying. Like I was dying before I got here. And now you guys are telling me that I'm, my vitals are perfect. Nothing's wrong with me. Somebody is lying or y'all don't know how to read these tests because I'm thinking like this is not all in my head, but my panic attacks, for some reason, they always make me feel as though my health is in decline. And now, like at 41, <laughs> finally, I have learned to manage it a little bit, but just like the ever evolving brain that it is, it finds a back door in another way to basically beat you at the game. So if you, when you feel like you've conquered anxiety, it's like your brain is like, nope, I'm about to throw you this curveball. Now, why is it so hard to recognize when someone is dealing with chronic anxiety? Because I think for the most part, we kind of know the signs of depression, we know the signs of someone who may be dealing with bipolar disorder or some type of personality disorder, but it's often difficult to recognize chronic anxiety. And it's probably because it's silent. And although you and your vitals may appear totally healthy on the outside to everyone else, um, but internally, you're struggling. And not only do people not recognize someone dealing with chronic anxiety, it's just hard as shit to verbalize it. Psychologically, it takes a toll because you just can't understand why you can't feel and be normal. It's like, I look normal. Why can't I feel normal? And it's like, it's just totally illogical. And to the typical lay person, average person, this is why it is so hard to recognize it and then relate because that person 
is dealing with this silently and here they are thinking that they just can't pull it together so I think we definitely need to break the cycle of feeling ashamed feeling stigmatized when we are dealing with a situation like this um, we have to talk to people and let them know and then not feel like you're being a burden because I know that a lot of people who deal with anxiety because you're constantly in the throes of um, either just that chronic worry or possibly having panic attacks anxiety attacks here and there it's like you don't want to constantly you know be the one coming to people with hey like this is what I'm dealing with so I think we definitely have to be easy on ourselves and know that this is a disorder and it requires managing and sometimes you can't manage it by yourself okay so let me perk up a little bit um, I'm like super relaxed you guys <laughs> um, probably the opposite of what today's topic is about but that's a good thing uh, so in this segment we are going to talk about ways that I manage my anxiety personally um, each person may have their own uh, unique way of dealing with and managing uh, chronic anxiety but these are a few things that I do number one and probably the biggest thing that I believe is important in this entire process is the realization and acceptance that you have anxiety. People don't want to feel abnormal. And so they typically, you know, try not to stigmatize themselves by feeling like they have to put a label on, you know, whatever it is that they're dealing with. But I mean, in order to properly manage something, you have to come to terms with it. And I've been really taking my management seriously. Um, at this point, I, I deal with absolutely no situations that I feel like are going to produce extra or undesirable amounts of stress for me. And if by some chance I find myself in those situations, then I immediately deal with it. I don't I don't let it, you know, stew for long periods of time. I approach the subject, whatever it is, and I deal with it in that moment. And then I'm done with it. Uh, my mental health and my physical health are just far too important and delicate right now. Um, number two, after acceptance. Um, so I now knew that I had to intentionally put myself in self-affirming situations that were either physically or mentally healing. Because after you remove yourself from a damaging situation, you have to pour back into yourself. And it's important for me to remember that I personally cannot heal in the same place where I hurt, where, where I was hurt. So I, that's something that I tell myself over and over again. Uh, that goes for, the peop for people too. You cannot heal around people that were the cause of your pain. So definitely, definitely keep that in mind. Number three, talking about what I'm dealing with. 
it is just therapeutic for me, like this podcast. Therapeutic for me. When I do my vlogging, um, as a lot of you know, I have a vlog channel on YouTube uh, under my name, Danny Sapp. And now I do understand that this is not necessarily ideal for the average person. You don't want to stick a camera in your face and basically just leave yourself open to judgment. That can be a whole case of anxiety on its own. But for me, recording myself is a cathartic experience. Um, Like I said earlier, it's like my own little therapy session. Now, in no way is this a replacement for actual therapy. I just happen to, you know, be in a place right now where I can't do that. But therapy is super beneficial. And I would never suggest that it's not. So I encourage anyone, uh, whether you feel like uh, you're dealing with something or, or not, you can benefit from a good therapist. And it's very important to make sure that you source out a good therapist. And if you can, if it's possible, see them once a month or every couple of months. I promise you will make a huge difference on your overall mental health. Take it to the gram. All right. So this week's poll question asked of 41 people was, do you suffer from chronic worry? This means worrying about a particular situation or event for more than a few hours, especially if it's over the course of several days, it constitutes chronic worry. So I was just curious about how many people might actually be dealing with some degree of anxiety, but I was very careful in particular about how I selected my words because people don't want to categorize themselves as certain things. And I knew that if I use words like anxiety or suffering, that I would probably be limiting (laughs) the pool of people of my responses. So I just called it chronic worry um, versus anxiety because I felt like that was a bit more, uh, people would be a bit more receptive to that. And so the results were that 71% of people felt as though they deal with chronic worry and 29% felt as though they did not. But I want to talk about the 71% because like I said, I worded it in a particular way because I do feel like just with the typical stressors of life, um, that's taking care of yourself, working, if you have kids, like those things can create some degree of stress. But then when you involve like bad relationships, uh, asshole bosses, like things that are layered on top of you know, those kind of normal things, normal stressors, then you have, you know, you start, then you start having situations of, uh, you know, stress, trauma, uh, things like PTSD. Um, And for a lot of people, those things go unchecked because while you're in it, you may not realize that that's what you're dealing with. Um, It's not, I mean, there are people who don't find out for years that they suffered 
with PTSD or are still suffering with PTSD because the human condition, you're trying to just work through the situation instead of taking a step back and really, you know, understanding what you're going through. So I thought that was interesting that 71% of people actually feel like they deal with chronic worry, um, worrying consistently. And I think, like I said earlier, this is definitely a situation where you have to um, have some type of management program in place uh, in order to just function as a normal person because at some point, I mean, you will reach that breaking point. Um, It's not until you accept that, hey, this is what I'm dealing with and not be concerned about labels and that you can properly start to manage anxiety. So to wrap up this week's topic of 40s and anxiety disorder, it's important for me and it should be important for you to keep in mind that anxiety is normal. You don't have a disorder simply because you get overwhelmed from time to time. The problem arises when you're experiencing these feelings consistently. And even if you are experiencing them consistently, it is not all in your head. And accepting and finding positive ways to help manage your stress and anxiety is going to be the biggest challenge. Just because, uh, like I said previously, people don't want to stigmatize themselves. But that is the first step in managing the problem so that you can live a more fulfilled, better quality of life. It is absolutely doable. And you can do that with the help of a therapist or by participating in activities that foster physical and mental awareness, decompression, and stress avoidance. Managing anxiety is not a race, it's a marathon. Thank you guys so much for listening. For more of my shenanigans, you can always follow my vlogs over on YouTube under my handle, Danny Sapp, or you can follow me on Instagram at Danny Sapp as well. The podcast is now accepting donations on anchor.fm. And this helps to get the podcast professionally edited along with better equipment for your listening pleasure. (laughs) Either way, thank you for joining me this week. I'll see you guys out in these internet streets. And until the next time, Peace to all my fabulous 40 and over ladies who are just trying to get in where we fit in and make sure nobody is fucking up our zen. I'm out.